Hello and welcome to This Spiritual Fix, Episode 13, Season 4. Today is the first and the beginning of our series on the Father Wound. This is a truly moving series and I hope that you all will enjoy it as much as I have witnessing it. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hey, Christina. Hey, Anna. Well, today we're going to be talking about the father wound. But before we share the episode with our listeners, I would like to address some parts of this conversation that might not I think struggling to say it is is perfect because we kind of explained some of this in the episode, but ultimately we kind of broke open the emotional part of the father wound the day that we recorded this. And Anna like cracked that egg like a motherfucker, like seriously, like, or a father fucker, I guess in this case, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and really like, you vulnerably express like how it feels, like how this father wound feels in both our culture and in your own body. And we just kind of wanted to give you guys this intro to be like, this episode is gonna feel disorganized, but that is the essence of the father wound. Yeah, the father is all about structure and hierarchy and organization and value based on research and value based on experience and logic and reason. And as this episode unravels, it has none of that, okay? despite wanting it to yes. have all that, it just, yes. it just kind of was a conundrum of, of feelings and thoughts and emotion, but stay tuned because after this episode, we will be having a follow-up where we discuss the ways that we are healing and tackling this father wound. Yes. Enjoy y'all. Hi, Anna. Hey, Christina. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> How are you today, Anna? Good. Today in this prelude, we're going to be meta about the podcast. Oh, as we should. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know you're not, but that's okay. (laughs) You're not. I am not. um, I've not been wanting to do the podcast for a couple months now. And I told you yesterday, was it that I told you? Two days ago. Yeah. I told you that, yeah, I no longer wanted to do the podcast and that I'd finish this season out. and, And then... When the season's over, like we can re reconvene and see like, is there gonna be a fifth season? Yeah. Yeah. Because I love you and I love our conversations, but I haven't found the podcast fulfilling lately. It to me it's just been a lot of thankless work because for people who don't know what it's like to put on a podcast, it's just like ton of marketing work, yeah. ton of editing work, ton of behind the scenes planning, editing, research. It's just, a, it's just a lot of work. And like, I feel like I'm going to do this self-help work anyways, regardless if we talk about it on the podcast. So it's like, why am I going through the trouble of putting this out in the world when no one really cares is how it's been feeling, but that's not true, but it just, it feels like that. And well, yeah, it's true. It is true for me. It's true for you. It's true for you. Like I I have clients and I get to hear feedback from them all the time. I share a lot of that with you, especially if they say something directly with it. But, you know, we have some amazing, we have some amazing listeners who will email us and talk to us about stuff. Right. But like, and you do such a good job of responding to them when like just one today, right? Mm -hmm. Last night and today, but I get it. I totally get it. I get a level of feedback that you don't get. Right. Because like my family and friends don't really listen to it. I don't coach like you do. So I don't, I just don't get feedback and I don't, and it's like weird. Cause it's like, Oh, when we started this, it was like altruistic. Like, it's just like, let's just put it out there and, and do what we can with it and, and just like put it out there and see what happens. And then, and then, you know, I hate to say it cause I'd love to be noble and altruistic and 5D, but the 3D reality of it is, is like, I need feedback. I need to know that it, that it's helping people or that people care about it, or I need to make money from it. And I know that sounds really, it sounds, it really sounds sh- human. 
It yeah. sounds human, Anna. And I hate that though. Cause like, I wish I could just like do this as a labor of love, but like, I don't feel like I get anything out of it except for, you know, the spiritual awakenings that I would have regardless. So it's just like, it's just, I'm going to probably cry. Like, I just feel really sad because it's just not, it's just not what it used to be. And it just not what I want it to be. And yeah. I, I feel disappointed. That's understandable. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to go through shadow processes as much as we have, right? Which is where I've like stepped back a little bit this season, right? Because for me, I'm just like, I fucking poured my, I mean, we were talking about this today. I fucking poured my guts out in season three, right? In every way, it's every way that I could. I just was like, I just put it all out there. And I was just like, I don't fucking want to do the father wound. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lead it. I don't want to go through it. I'm just like, fuck that, right? Like, you know, because it's really hard. All of our listeners who are going along with us, like, I can't tell you how many people I know are just like, I stopped at the primal wounds and I stayed there for six months, right? And then right. when I got through them, then I started to move on, right? Like, people go at a slower pace than we've been going, and it's intense. Like, we have, I just looked, we have 92 episodes yeah. in 18 months. That's a lot, you yeah, know? Lot. So, so. And then I had yeah. a lot of reluctance, too, like, to record this episode because I don't feel like I've made any peace with the father wound. The mother wound, we can reconcile and be like, all right, your mom might have fucked you over and the universe fucked you over. But look, you have this cosmic mother who loves you and you can get all this from her. And and I don't feel like that with the father wound. Like, I just feel fucked left and right by this father wound. And then the Roe versus Wade decision was just father wound. And I just feel like helpless. I just feel like the abuse of power, the betrayal, the abuse of power... Like, I don't feel a resolution with this stuff, with this father wound. It also makes me not even want to record this episode because it's like, what are we going to tell our listeners? You know, here's the father wound and it sucks. And this is what I'm trying to do to get through it. But I don't even know if what, what I'm doing is right because it yeah. sure doesn't feel better. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the majority of all the, I mean, we've said this in the past, the majority of all the literature on the father wound talks about embracing God the Father. Right. And God, the father is a really fucking heavy, has a lot of shit associated with it, has a lot of corruption. Yeah. You hate him. Right. That's it. I can hate him. Yeah. Right. I and can, I can let the cosmic mother into my heart before I can let this asshole of a father figure into it. Yeah. Maybe that's my issue. Right. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that they say in the course of miracles, right. Is there's a whole there's a whole like lecture series that that one of the teachers the main teachers Kenneth Wapnick says and he says it's called it's called forgiving Jesus and like there's it, forgiving Jesus is just one aspect of it right because it's about recognizing that we actually fundamentally hate God the father because okay. he's a fucking asshole in the way that we see him in everyday life right like he does not represent any sort of retribution or saviorness or 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 like solace or peace for so many people he does but for for a lot of for us no there's just betrayal there yeah so what is the father wound you want to talk about what the father quote unquote should provide and when we say yeah. the father and we're talking about gender norms we're just talking about the energy and the archetype of the father right we're not talking about you're male, you have a penis, therefore you're supposed to give these things to your children. That's not what we mean. We're talking about the archetype of the father. Yeah, exactly. So I have been, <laughs> the mother wound came and it made sense. And there was already like literature in the spiritual realm by um, Kelly McDaniel, which was, you know, the mother provides nurturance, protection and guidance. And then from there, I was able to explore that. And then with the father wound, it's all Christian language. It's all steeped in Bible verses and bullshit. And every single time I went to try and read it, I was just like, fuck this. What is, okay, so what are the three things? Like if I had to put down, what are the three things that the fathers, the father is supposed to provide us? And it finally came to me today. I finally got the clarity that was necessary. And it's three things. It's, it's a providing, right? So it's a very external providing, right? As opposed to the mother, Nurture. which is, yeah, which is more, which is more of an internal feeling. The father is power, identity, and worth. That's what the father is supposed to provide us. Power, identity, and worth. Okay, so I'll break those down. 
power is not only the transference of power, but like in, in terms of like inheritance, but it, and money providing for it's kind of like, what are the things that we rep that represent power to us in this world? It's it's positions of, you know, so many times you see patriarchal lineages that that pass power from one person down to another, like, look at the Rockefellers, look at the the Morgans, look at the, you know, whoever you want to say, like, there are all these legacies of, of, of whatever in which a father passes it to a son who passes it, and they're passing power, they're passing a, a gauntlet of power. And that power is in the form of money. It's in the form of influence. It's in the form of how to how to actually wield and manipulate power and success, right? Like, it's all about it's all about like, what is it? What is it that makes it so that you have the ability to, you know, we, we talk about power in a lot of different ways. And most of the time when we're like, especially for, for people who are in a feminine energy, they're like, well, the power is my self power because I'm strong and I'm so-and-so and I'm so-and-so. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about like external power as it is exerted in the world. The father gives us that. And if they don't give us that, then we have to find that somewhere, right? So that's power. Identity is somewhat similar because sometimes but identity i mean i can't tell you how many times i've heard the story is that some uh, there's a son and he has a father and he has been told you know he's he's like doing a job he fucking hates and he's just doing it because he's supposed to be supposed to be the provider he's supposed to do whatever and then his father dies and he goes out and actually does what he wants to do right because he doesn't have somebody else's identity that's being given to him so in some ways the father provides us with an identity until we are able to grow into our own identity, right? And so if something gets stalled in that process along the way, we find that the that we are either borrowing somebody else's, like what, what, we, what our parents want us to do, right? Like what our father wants us to do, like what's expected of us, right? Or we, you know, we take on, or we don't have an identity. We, we, we struggle to find anything. Right. We struggle to we, we flounder around, you know, trying to be like, who am I? Am I my you know, am I my am I this? Am I that? I was good at this, but I don't know if I want to do that. Right. So that's that's the identity aspect of it. And then the last one is worth self-worth. This is like it, it's so funny because almost all of these feel like they are so associated with with control and power and and all that right so it's like nurturance protection and guidance give you naturally the mother gives you naturally a sense of self-worth right because you know that you are lovable and that you are loved but this is a different aspect of being lovable and being loved this is me in my full identity with whatever power i have in this world i am worthy of being loved in that identity right and that's what the father gives us and so those are the three aspects of the father wound as I've explored them that say in, in an ideal place, we are growing up with the, you know, with all three of these things, whether they are in the external environment, which is very often the case in Western culture, that you are getting directly handed power in one form or another, whether it's a form of privilege, whether it's the form of a name, whether it's the form of inheritance, whether it's a form of a business that's already taken care of, like all those things, right? Or it can also be an internal power. It can be like, you know, having having a strong identity lends yourself to feeling that you can have power and that you can actually stand up for yourself, right? Knowing that you have self-worth, like having a sense of self-worth makes it so that your identity can become, you know, solidified. So they all lend to each other. But they're all that that's what came through for me is like what the father needs to provide. Right. And I was focusing on other stuff. So I was channeling with Archangel Michael, like, what is the father wound? And he said, it's basically two components. One is abuse of power and two is misguidance. So with abuse of power, you have all these different things. You have negligence, absence, abuse of the mental, physical, sexual, or spiritual body. You have misguidance, which is purity culture, could be control, oppression, domination, withholding, even narcissist abuse would fall under the umbrella of the father wound. 
So for misguidance, you have poor role modeling, like an absent father provides a poor role model, an abusive father forms a poor role model. You have betrayal of all those things you talked about, betrayal of identity, betrayal of power, betrayal of value. Like there's just, it's just, it's like as if what the mother wound does is on the inside going out, the father wound is on the outside coming in, right? Because father comes with faith and mother is known, right? Like we know who our mom is and father comes from faith. And so the father, it's like, he's outside of us. And so the things that he gives us are outside of us. And so that's why I struggle with this wound so much because they aren't things we can necessarily give ourselves. Whereas the mother is the inner going out. We can fill ourselves up with those inner things that mother can give us. Right. Yeah. And the things that father gives us, how do we, how do we deal with it? Like the Roe versus Wade thing, taking away women's rights, like this 10 year old rape victim was forced to travel from Ohio to Indiana for an abortion recently. Like whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, like who could possibly think that a 10 year old girl should have to spend nine months carrying a baby when she's a baby and then risking her life. I mean, and the whole thing is just, it's just really triggering. Yeah. Yeah. And And some, and some father, and then whoever did this to her, that's father wound stuff. You know, the, the abuse of power, the man taking the innocence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get like, I get what you're saying too, around the lines of like, you know, we, we talked about in the mother wound that the mother is everywhere. It's like, you can feel her everywhere, right? You can feel her in your bones, in your blood, in your heart. You can breathe her in and you're like, this is the mother. This is so amazing, right? But the gifts of the father are very different, right? The gifts of the father are the external experiences and actions that we, that we see that come in. And, you, and, and it's like, it, it feels separate. It feels separate from us. It feels right. as if it's it coming from a separate source, right? That it's coming from outside of us. And if all we're ever doing is being given the gifts of, of you know, of, of this wound, right, of the father and these gifts are taking away our power. These gifts are, they are coming from people who embody the father wound and they are the greater father wound, right? They are both. And so we experience, like you said, these, these, this, you know, this neglect, this abuse of power, this taking away of power, this, this, you know, superiority, so much about that, right? Superiority is like, you know, relating it back to those original three superiority is, is, you know, shame and humiliation and superiority are all power plays, right? It's all ways that we can, we can pit ourselves against somebody else and we can come out in some way that is superior. And that's all this. Right. And then if you want to look at mother as chaos, you know, father is this infrastructure, like he's yeah. Congress, he's, yeah, he's politics, he's this world. And that's why it's like so difficult to say, oh, well, like we were saying in another episode, like, oh, so, you know, you know, just think positive or just, you know, get out of the drama triangle when you're a black woman living in a white patriarchal society, like there are infrastructures that no amount of meditation or positive thinking or drama triangle work is going to get you out of because it's there it's outside of us you know and it's not something we can easily change and shift and that's why i struggle with this so much is because it's such an external thing it's not internal yeah i mean you feel it internally though i think that's the only thing that we can do right in some ways it's just like everything it's like these the injustice that we experience so much of right either we inflict on others or others inflict on us the only thing that we have control over is how the where the rubber hits the road right like where we experience the wound ourselves right because being inflicted with the father wound then means that we are giving the father wound unto others right right so by restoring our sense of power, by restoring our sense of identity or, or building our sense of identity that is separate from anything that anyone tells us that we are, 
and by valuing ourselves and our worth, regardless of what any legislator says, is our is our hope, right? Is how we go forward like this, right? Because that's, I mean, you know, if we're gonna put our money where our mouth is, that's what we say. We say, you know, you and I both, we say like, hey, all we can do is us, right? We can act, but if we're in our bodies, if we're experiencing, if we're pulling the 5D into the 3D and we're looking at the timeline that we want to see, right? Then all we can hope for and all we can do is basically keep our eye on that North Star, right? Keep our eye on that North Star and really like feel into the experience of, of the betrayal that exists all around us and say, and yet I'm still valuable because no one can take away my value. And I'm still powerful because no one can take away my power and I can earn power. And I still, and I know who I am. Yeah. Are you angry? I'm like angry and I'm sad. I just, I feel like hopeless about the father. <laughs> yeah. I really do. How do you feel about the father? How do you feel about like, tell me how you feel about God the father. I want to know how you feel about him. Like really fucking rip into him right now. If you feel like it, you know? I hate him right now. Yeah. I really, really, really hate him. Yeah. Where is he? Is he in your body? Or is he outside of your body? He's not inside my body. That's my mother. <laughs> That's cosmic mother. Where do you feel your hatred for him? In your in body? In my heart. Yeah. I just hate him. <laughs> I hate this world that we've all created that is very unfair yeah i hate people who abuse power like the ultimate father wound is the narcissist yeah and 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 it tangles up it, it, it's just it gets so tangled up that it's it's so hard to say oh well he's just a bad guy it's like you're so tangled up in it yeah and God, I feel like God does breadcrumbing. What is breadcrumbing? Yeah. All right. Breadcrumbing is in narcissist abuse. Breadcrumbing is when like a guy does the bare minimum to just kind of like keep a woman interested or not even a guy, I guess a narcissist. They just like, they do the love bombing and then they give a little bit and then they see you pulling away. Then they do a little bit more. And it's this conscious decision to just give like the bare minimum. So you end up doing all the work. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like God does that. So God's a narcissist. God the Father is a narcissist in our culture and the way that he's showing up. In the way in the archetype or cosmic consciousness that we have created, yes, God is a narcissist. The Father. God the Father. I God see him as father. a narcissist. Yeah. Here's I'll give you some more examples of narcissist abuse and how I feel like it ties into the Father. The, fa the yeah. God the Father. Yeah. Triangulation. You will try to pull a third person into your conflict to reinforce your own opinion or position. We've got the Ten Commandments there. Or they also do comparison where a narcissist will try to make you feel either inferior or superior temporarily by saying you're so much better than so-and-so and or inferior because you're not as good as like their ex, right? Or you're not, you're not like my sister. That, and then, or the opposite being, you know, you're so amazing. You're not like my last girlfriend whatever those are just both both of those things jesus jesus, jesus. Yes, oh my god <laughs> yes. god used jesus for triangulation holy shit <laughs> gaslighting is try to get you to doubt your own perspective and reality by twisting facts around we have the whole conceptual awareness and embodied awareness. Conceptual awareness is theory and logic and reason, and it's up in our head in the, in the 5D. And then the 3D is embodied awareness. And basically, you know, all these religious texts gaslight us into thinking that the way that things are should be are not what we feel in our body. So, okay, again, religion gaslights us. Yeah. So the um, expression of God in religion gaslights us. It, it, any any religious text gaslights us into telling us the way that something should be or right. that the way that it is and that, and then telling us that, that our bodies are betraying us and our bodies aren't right. The body is the sinner. Sex is bad. We are bad. It's just, it's, it's, that's gaslighting. 
hoovering. The tactic involves attempting to reconnect or pull you back into a toxic, abusive relationship. Hoovering. <laughs> hoovering. Hoovering. Yeah, yeah. Hoovering is the British term for vacuuming. So like, yeah, uh, hoovering. it's, it's, no, it's yeah. pulling you back in. And I feel yeah. like the father wound does that too with religion, you know, you, you... like any kind of excommunication is basically, it's a form of, of moving you out of the community. Right. But then in every case, short of excommunication, it's if you go away, they are always sending people out to pull you back in to be like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and help this person. I'm going to go like that. That that tactic is very, very common in most churches and religion is to basically figure out a way to pull people back in who are on the outskirts or maybe on their way out. So, right. yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then God, the father does it by <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, God the Father, like, you know, how many times can we say, like, like I remember the pro the whole, even the whole process of prayer, right? Which I always say, of course, that prayer is actually just an, a non-consensual spell when you're actually wishing it on somebody else. But you know, the idea of 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 saying that, you know you've just experienced this tragic death and it was the will of God. It was the will of God, the father to do this, right? So even so, so come back and reconnect with God, even though you feel completely betrayed by God, you know, and we talked about this kind of aspect of, of this being a lot of the mother too, right? Which is the mother is indiscriminate. She doesn't see things as good or bad, or she doesn't see things as, as other things. Whereas, you know, God is judging continually, right? and yet is the great arbiter of, of what is good and what is bad. And then this one cracks me up, this narcissistic abuse, the silent treatment. <laughs> it's a manipulative pull when someone will try to purposely ignore you to control you or make you feel isolated. That, that's God in a nutshell. Right. Or as atheists would say, proof that God doesn't exist, right? Right, there's, yeah. there's God giving us the silent treatment. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bitter right now, as you can tell. Scapegoating people. The scapegoating is a form of narcissistic manipulation where you blame one person and designate them as a scapegoat. Yep. That's that's like everybody who gets excommunicated from religion or a church or something like that. And then I guess if you were to try and if, if either of us were biblical, you know, had probably more experience in the Bible, I'm sure we could come up with a number of different stories that are all about scapegoating. In fact, I think the term scapegoating is a biblical term. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, in a nutshell, I'm just feeling a little bit jaded right now. I'm jaded yeah. with I'm jaded about Roe versus Wade. I'm jaded about some betrayals I've uncovered. I feel like I myself suck because there are some really hard questions that I want to ask my dad when I interview him, and I'm not going to because he's done so many amazing things and he's such a wonderful person, and I don't want to, like, call him out for some shitty behavior that probably has a lot to do with my lack of self-worth. You know, yeah. and, and what would I get out of it anyways? I, he won't remember what he, what he said. He won't remember what he did. And he's a good guy. Yeah. And that just sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to probably confront someone who's all, an asshole, but like. Well, it's a good, it's a good point, right? I think it's a really interesting point. One of the things that I've been doing recently is going to therapy with the person and I found it very interesting because this is like a long, long overdue therapy, right? With this person. And I realized that we could spend years rehashing things that had gone wrong and rehashing past pain and things like that. And I did it in this one session. I, I basically finally revealed, I finally like got it out there and I was just like, this is how I feel like this really hurt my feelings and this didn't feel good and things like that. And it was a very interesting experience for me because it felt very, very good to say something. And then at the same time, it also felt very like, I, I, I said, I say that it like eat me, up. It, it ate me up a little bit. Right. And not in like the meth you know, thing, but sometimes it kind of feels like that, right? Is that like, in some ways, I had parts of me that were so waiting to be heard. 
about how angry and upset I was over this thing and over all these things. And yet I kind of came to the conclusion that ultimately there were parts of me who were made very imbalanced by actually saying these things for me and that it wasn't actually beneficial. And that if I wanted to, you know, one of the things I've been reading in, in radical acceptance is your only job to do for somebody else is just to love them. Acknowledge your pain, acknowledge your upset, but holding everything against them and making them held and making them listen to every single thing that's bad that's ever happened is not necessarily always the best case. And it wasn't in this case for me. And it was the same thing when I interviewed my dad. When I interviewed my dad, my dad's about to go through major surgery and he may not survive. And I was there and I just realized that for one thing, I was like in a position where I was interviewing him and, you know, putting me, putting him on the spot for things that he had done was not something that I was interested in doing. And I did ask a couple of difficult questions and I was like, I don't know if, I don't know if I need him to admit that he did those things wrong. I know, like it's not going to give me any peace and it's sure not going to restore, you know, 14 year old Anna's self-esteem. So like, why bring it up? But then is that just a cop out? I mean, is it? I think so. For me, I think so. I don't know. So we have a, we have a very unique position, both of us, when it comes to the father wound, because both of us had a single father who had to support us and play both roles and probably didn't really play the mother role and probably didn't really play the father role, but played this hybrid thing, right? That kind of had to just fill in the gaps wherever they could. And so for me, I know that with my father, I gave up my identity. I wanted to be a I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to do movies and I loved the act of creation in any way shape or form, whether it's now a podcast or, you know, it's a script or it's a you know, singing or whatever it was. That's what I wanted to do when my mother was alive and as soon as she was dead, I became a scientist because that's what my dad was, right? I lent from his sense of identity. I mimicked his sense of identity so that I could feel like I was going to survive. And when I wasn't protected, my sense of self, you know, when I wasn't protected against my, you know, my stepmother, I felt like my sense of self-worth wasn't that I wasn't worthy of being protected. And when it comes to power, holy shit, you want to, you want to say why we don't make money on the podcast? Really? You want to say why we don't do things like that? Talk about that. Like talk about my fear of corruption. I am so afraid of money in any large sum because I am afraid I will become corrupted by it. Why? Because it's just, I don't know. I don't, I know it's a lot from a past life, but I also just like, it was always something that was hard and difficult to come by and it required sacrifices and it wasn't in abundance. The corruption part, it comes from a past life, but the other, but the, but the scarcity part comes from this one. Yeah. And our fathers are coming into this life with, you know, I mean, like I look at Luke, I look at my husband, right? And I look at the way that he parents and I see in him so many things that are just absolutely incredible. His patience, his stability, his ability to, you know, to, to tolerate so many ups and downs in, in my kids, right. To be able to do that. And then I think about it and I'm like, okay, so out of the two of us as parents, which one of us are providing power, identity and value to the kids. And I play a very masculine role since I'm the breadwinner from the major thing, you know, and, and he looks after them. He's doing more of the nurturance role. Right. And it's so interesting to see how in a lot of ways, in order to parent your kids, to have those things, you need to have wholeness in yourself. I guess that's obvious, isn't it? Right. right. You need, you need both the masculine and the feminine in order to provide it. What about you? How does the father wound show up in your life, in your actual life? 
what do you mean? <laughs> like, like, like your sense of identity, your sense of worth, your sense of power and money. It's all completely fucked. It's all completely fucked, I feel like. You said your sense of worth. You don't want to share? I'll share. I just, it's, I don't know if I want to put this on the podcast or maybe I'll just tell my dad not to listen to this episode. Yeah. There was this time in high school when I asked to borrow his car to drive to Mexico because we lived on the border and like when you're a teenager, like that's the thing you do. You like drive across the border to go salsa dancing or out to dinner. Driving the, across the border to Mexico was just like very normal. And I remember one time I asked him like, hey, my car, the car that I had was really beat up and really dangerous to drive. And I said like, hey, my friend and I want to go to Mexico. Can we borrow your car? My car's not safe. And he says, my car is brand new. You're not taking my car. I don't want anything to happen to it. And this is what makes me so upset is I didn't even notice. Like, I didn't even think that that was fucked up. Uh, I go and tell my friend, hey, my dad doesn't want us to use his car because he says it's really dangerous on the roads and he doesn't want anything to happen to his car. She's like, so he's okay with something happening to you, but not to his car. And she told her mom, you know, her mom like adopted me. Like her mom has been so good to me. Her mom was so upset by that. She was like, take my car, take my, take my best car. You girls, I want you to be safe. And like, that was foreign to me. And like, that shouldn't be foreign to me that that was like her mom yeah. valued her and me over her car. And like, you know, they say sometimes you don't know how fucked up things are until people are just blown away by what you could consider normal. Yeah. And that was like normal to me. Like, it didn't even register in any sense of the word as being fucked up until Anna, how could your dad possibly value the car over you? And I've just like struggled with self-esteem my whole life. And I always thought, okay, it's probably because my mom died. Like that's just an easy story to tell myself. Oh, that's an easy like end all like quick get out of jail free card. Like, oh, my mom was horrible to me when she was dying. She told me that I was killing her, that I was the death of her, and then she died. And, you know, and I had all this self-worth about, like, I killed my mom, and, and like, if she loved me, she could she would have stayed. And if God loved me, he would have protected me from death like this. And I thought all along that's where my self-esteem stuff came from, but, like, it goes back more than that. It goes back to, like, being less valuable than a car and so many other things that like I can't even like I don't even know because they were so fucked up that I couldn't even see them <sighs> yeah. and like in my own marriage my husband is the breadwinner and like our finances are separate and it's all orchestrated in a way that I do not have financial power and like yes I could buy anything and he will reimburse me because he is a sweet man and he's generous but like the dynamics are such that like I don't have access to our money and that's really fucked up yeah like I have no reason to complain you know like he's very generous with me but it's like do I have power I don't, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have power. <sighs> and then what was the other one? Self-worth? Identity. Identity. Yeah. And then like my identity, I don't even know. Like, I feel like that's probably where this whole podcast thing is, is, is tied up in. And like, you know, I want to have something that's mine. I yeah. don't want to just be a wife and a mother and in a in a healthcare provider. Like I, I feel like all I do is caretake, 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 and I want something that's mine and it's not giving me joy. And then I look at the news and I see the the shooters in our government not doing anything to help, and like knowing that those Uvalde police officers waited 45 minutes to go and protect our children 
And then to see Roe versus Wade overturned, it's like, it's just been a really hard, hard summer in terms of all this father wound stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't have a solution. I don't have a solution. Like, I don't know how to crawl out of this box that I'm in. I don't feel safe. Like, we didn't celebrate 4th of July because I just didn't want to take my kids anywhere because of shooters. And, it, and I know the rate, like, scientifically, the odds are very low, but I don't feel safe in my country. <sighs> I don't even feel safe to have sex because what if I get pregnant? Yeah. I just... <sighs> I'm just not in a good place and I don't have I, I don't have a hack for our listeners. Like I don't have a solution. I don't have any tips or tricks. Like the only thing I can try to do right now is this thing where I've been forcing three strikes and you're out. Like if someone's hurt me more than three times, then I just consider it like three strikes and you're out. Like I've cut contact with some people in this last few months and they don't even know most of them and and then like I told God yesterday that I was giving him a strike <laughs> that I was just tired of I was just tired of being gaslit and breadcrumbed and this is like strike one like I don't know what strike three is gonna be and I don't even know how to make boundaries with God you know yeah I don't have a solution and so it feels really fucked up <sighs> I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if there is one, you know? I, th I think you're doing the solution. You're feeling it. You're being present for it. I just like want to put everything in its box, you know? Yeah. I don't want to feel it. I just want to be like, okay, there's betrayal and it can go over here. Here's my shitty self-worth and let me just stick it over there and then let me just live my life. All the walls are coming down. And they need to. One of our listeners, they wrote us an email saying that they were working on their thesis and that like they're struggling and that they had a deadline that they just can't make and like what do they do and can like we as you know their favorite podcaster people like shed some advice and I was like look like recognize that there's a part of you that hates yourself and it's trying to make you suffer and that part of you that hates yourself it will find any way to make you suffer and it's choosing to make you sabotage your thesis and just tell that part of you that hates you and be like, look, you hate me and you're always going to hate me because you are what you are. And there's a hateful side in all of us. There's a self-hating part in all of us and it's never going to go away. Maybe when we get enlightened or maybe when you get enlightened, you just learn to like accept it. But that self-hating yeah. part is always there. Just be like, hey, I know you hate me and I'm still going to love you. I love you even though you hate me and I know you want to make me suffer and I'm going to love you even though you want to make me suffer. And I will get back to you on all this. Let me just finish my thesis and then we can have a conversation. You, know? you can keep going with the hating party. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can come back to this. Like you can hate me till I die and I, and I'm going to love you anyways. But like, just give me a break here for just like this week. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I wonder like maybe the father wound is just like this self-hating part of us. Like it's always just going to hate us. There's no solution. There's, there's nothing to do but just be like, this is this is how life is fucked up. Like, life is unfair and life is fucked up. And I'm going to always hate some part of me. Like, some part of me is always going to hate some part of me back. And, like, I just need to, like, feel it and live with it. And just know that this is part of, part of life, you know? Like, I can't, I can't get out of it. You can't. We can't get out of life, right? And this, so Charles, our teacher, I talked to him yesterday. Um, I had just done a, one of his sessions and I was struggling. I've been struggling a lot with um, just the amount of change that's happening and also just not quite feeling myself, right? Some health things. And I was just like, you know, what, 
when we feel like when I just feel like all the craziness going on in the world and when I feel everything going on what's what what happens what what are, what are we supposed to do with that like how are we supposed to deal with that and he was like presence he's like all you can do is have presence right and his version of presence is not in the mind his version of presence is just letting the mind fall away going back to that place of feeling your body and and breathing and being in it because he's like if you pull yourself into your mind, if you pull yourself into trying to combat and trying to fight that all the feelings and all the all the things that are going on, if you do that instead of being present, instead of feeling it in your body, you're not using your greatest tool. He has told me for years that my greatest tool was the body. And if you pull out of the body, and if you go and you sit above the body and you just have the mind swirling around and judging and and causing anxiety and doing all these things, you're not using all your tools. And going back into the body is tough because it's like going into a house that hasn't been cleaned in 30 years. Yeah. I think I think it's looking to go to the body without trying to fix it. Right. Without trying to make it feel different. Right? right. If I have a headache, which I had when we first started this episode, I was just like, okay, I have a headache. If I start thinking about the headache and how I need to get rid of the headache, then the headache's just going to keep being here. Right. The thoughts perpetuate the feeling. And then it just becomes mental masturbation, right? So the point is, if there is one, just feel the fuck out of it and be present. Because all of our trying to fix and judge everything that's going on around us is just perpetuating the father wound because the father, the father wound judges. Right. It, sa it says you are worthy and you are not. Right. I was thinking about like the father wound is basically conceptual self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And the opposite is embodied self-awareness. It's like the father wound doesn't want you to be in your body. It wants you to be conceptualizing, 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 believing in hierarchies. Believing I'm more spiritually advanced than you. Right, believing in the thoughts, the reasoning, the judging, the the objective, not the subjective that would be embodied. Yeah. And it, it but it also says it, it does judge, it continually judges. It's the opposite of being indiscriminate. It is completely discriminate. And in doing so it separates us from ourselves, it separates all the different parts of us. It it perpetuates separateness. It says this group gets this and this group doesn't get this. This is this person is dirty or or evil or criminal or, you know, inferior. And it perpetuates that. So we embody ourselves, y'all. We are present. We feel it. And we don't judge. We don't use his tools. We don't use that corruption. We accept it and we accept all our feelings, no matter how ugly they are. No matter how hateful they are. And we recognize that our identity is us and it is completely unable to be separated from who we are. And eventually it will fall away when we die when we reach a form of unified self, you know, go back to source, go back to the zero state. You mean die? Yeah, I mean die. <laughs> I, I wonder mean die. if when I hit my, that, I wonder if when I tell God he's hit the third strike, he's gonna strike me down with lightning. That's the vengeful God. That's the vengeful God. And let's choose the mother, right? If we can't, if we can't make up with our father, then fuck him. Let's choose the mother, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because the mother has power, you know, she can, she can, she can lend us those things, right? 
it's just a different way. It's just, it's, it's, it's not a direct, it's not direct, like being like, I, I'm going to go and get a job and therefore get money. It's where does my abundance come from in ways that I can't even expect it? Where does my money come from and how am I provided for in indirect ways? That's the way the mother works. And that's really requires some patience, right? Sometimes. But yeah, yeah. To our listeners, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like I opened this can of worms and there's like, we don't have a father wound course. No. And we probably won't have one because embodiment is the answer, I think. Right? That's what I feel. I feel like when you open up a can of worms, all the worms get to go in all the rooms of the house. There's no doors that say that you can't come in. It's everywhere. So the more that we accept and love each other and break down all of our walls and all of our prejudices and all our discrimination and all the things that say that we're better, that we're more spiritually superior than anybody else, when we're using, when we recognize that in ourselves and we recognize that we have created and, f and taken on the aspects of the father wound, our job is to break that down and to make it so there is no separation between us and other people. There is no separation between the different parts of ourselves and we love all of them. Even the fuckheads in Congress or the Supreme Court or whatever it is, right? Even the, even the, the murderers, even the whatever you want to call it, like, they fucking hate them. I'm just going to love the part of me that hates them. I don't really feel like loving them yet. You do that then. <laughs> that's a great start. That's, that's the start, right? Is love the part of you that hates them. We hope that you have enjoyed this initial episode of our Father Wound series. Stay tuned for the coming weeks where we will have a lot more resolution and a lot more opening. Thanks, y'all. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.